Thank you for choosing Talks News. Your only source into liberty and justice for all. I'm your host, the wacko weirdo rebel scum Jedi hero. And we're going to be talking a bit about Biden today. Not necessarily any of the policies that he's put forward so far, because that's not necessarily what we do here. What do we do? We look at what the right is saying. Just to kind of counterbalance it. I am no Biden fan. I will hopefully, as his presidency continues on, have further condemnations and better solutions than on the Biden administration. But so far, uh, his executive orders have been fine, honestly. Um, I don't think anything's going to make like drastic changes that we need, but so far, everything seems to be okay. Except for the fact that we're not doing anything at the southern border for the asylum seekers, or... The fact that we're going to continue supporting the uh, the coup in Venezuela. But this is just merely two weeks into this guy. No, not even. We're, we're five days into his presidency. Why did I think it was two weeks? Time moves in a... Time has moved differently since 2020. But five days in, and the right has plenty to say merely off of Joe Biden's inaugural speech. And that's what we're going to get into today. So starting off, I'm not going to talk too much about it, or I'm not going to watch this whole video. It's 20 minutes long, and it comes from like some alternative uh, news, or not news, but uh, uh, video website called Odyssey. It's my first time here on Odyssey, and uh, this one comes from Liberty Doll, and I found it on the Golden Black subreddit, my one of my favorite places to hang in Reddit. And it's called Joe Biden is coming for libertarians, NRA members. Now, I remember when Joe Biden was running that he wanted to uh, ban assault rifles and he didn't really like project a plan for that or go into like specifics. He said there shouldn't be guns that can hold that many rounds in the streets and stuff like that. And I'm a I'm a two way kind of guy. I don't support uh, Biden getting rid of everybody's uh, assault rifles. I definitely think that you know, regulation needs to be stronger, but disarming people, especially America, who has more guns than it does people at this point, that's that's just asking for trouble, uh, mainly from libertarians and right-wingers. Um, and also, too, I don't think that the United States government should have that big of a leverage over its citizens. So, I mean, it's a complex discussion to have. Uh, all four stronger regulations on the purchasing of weapons and, you know, who even has them getting licenses to operate a machine like that should you know seem pretty common sense if we have to do it for a car why not uh you know for for a gun but of course even libertarians don't think that you should get a driver's license you know a, a ton vehicle that could kill somebody at 40 miles per hour but um yeah so that's, that's where we're going to start off i'm not going to get into this whole video um mainly because i've already heard a lot of this but i do think it's important to touch upon just before getting into uh Michael Knowles' video of the articles of impeachment that have already been filed against Biden, and then Benny Chaperone topping us off with Biden as president, what now, or now what, whatever. But um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna start with Liberty Doll here, and then mosey on over. Joe Biden was talking about unity, but if you actually 
listened to his speech or read the transcript, which we have here, there's some pretty <laughs> telling parts where, you know, he's talking about unity out of one side of his mouth and completely contradicting himself out of the other side. So I highlighted some parts of his inauguration speech that I thought were really primo here. Um, so he's talking about here all of the things that America needs to overcome now. And he says, and now a rise in political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. And then he says, oh, well, we need unity to overcome these challenges. Well, it turns out that it's not actually unity that he's going to be using to overcome those issues. And then he says, I know that speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy. I know the forces that divide us are deep and they are real, but I also know they are not new. And he's right about that. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we are all created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, and demonization have long torn us apart. Well, I think the actual struggle here is in, in America, this constant struggle, is the fact that America was founded not on slavery, as things like the 1619 Project would lead people to believe, but on the idea of a limited government. That is why... I have to pause her there. I uh, genuine, I, I generally agree that, yeah, this uh, this country and this government was founded on the idea of freedom uh, for those who wrote the Constitution, not so much the, the laborers. They do get a trickle down of the, the rights in the Constitution of the Bill of Rights, um, because we've seen that in courts that, you know, citizens' rights are uphold, upheld over corporations or even over the government's own rulings. Um, but to, you know, I, I the whole 1619 project doesn't, like, I don't think as soon as the uh, first slave landed on America that founded America, it just like the documentations don't uphold that but the through line that slaves being brought here as private property and then a hundred years later um a bunch of wealthy bourgeois merchants said that we want to separate from the kingdom in order to protect our private property doesn't eliminate the fact that this land was also used to like own slaves so um you know the 1619 project isn't completely disposable but it is something at least worth acknowledging that our founding fathers were very intimate with private property and at the time that meant people so like just just want to be clear there because we're not getting clarity uh you know folks came here in the first place for freedom not everybody came here for freedom there were a lot of people that were brought here against their will. See, and that's like that's part of the thing that when you ignore the 1619 project because of its quote unquote radicalist beliefs, um, then you completely miss the fact that not everybody came to America for freedom. People were actually brought against their freedom. For liberty and America was founded on those principles. The American government was founded on those principles of small, limited government that 
And like also too, if you don't really like understand history and how the constitution was initially written, like it was founded on slaves being three fifths people. So again, like, yes, it was made for liberty, justice, and you know, the pursuit of happiness. But at the time it was a small amount of people that were allowed to do that. Really isn't allowed to do much. And yet here now we have this, cancerous growth of a state that is overreaching into pretty much every aspect of people's lives. And unfortunately, what happened on January 6th is going to make that way, way worse. And it's already being used as an excuse to extend that reach and that grip that government has over our lives and and get into, get its fingers in even deeper to the areas that it's already in. He says, politics need not be a raging fire destroying everything in its path, (laughs) which is um, probably not the best word choice. It's pretty ironic word choice, actually, considering all of the riots and looting and things that got set on fire over the summer, including police stations and government buildings. I mean, hey, go for the government buildings. I don't care. At least that's the right target. But all the businesses that were burned down, Um, raging fire, destroying everything in its path, probably not the best choice of words here. He says, yeah, so, um, like a lot of this was brought out of context and I'm glad she's okay with the destruction of federal property. At least she has like a a standard of, uh, what riots can do. Um, and, but like nobody of common sense nature, uh, agrees with the destruction of small businesses. Nobody thought that would help the movement. Nobody thought that was a good idea and we've known that for a while that there's provocateurs like the guy in minneapolis who started smashing the AutoZone windows was actually with the hell's angels uh the bikers who just went there to smash windows in order to start causing some shit um so like you know we can't always attribute every single act of vandalism to protest movements because at a certain point at a certain threshold of the amount of people they do tend to lose control but any common sense person who's actually there for the movement itself and for political action to come out of it they know that destruction of private property especially small business owners is not going to help their cause now the the unfortunate thing here is too is that like in his speech it says politics need not be a raging fire uh destroying everything in its path and like that has to do with like a lot of the morphing of words in america especially when it comes to politics because a lot of our citizens don't necessarily have any poli sci understanding and the thing it is is like politics is merely just the organization of ourselves and so when we when we reach a divide like this we have two political like parties or two political thoughts basically battling over of what politics is and what our organizing should be um and so like the 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 through line there is that like unfortunately we have reached a point where a lot of people want to see the status quo obliterated and a lot of it comes from right-wing militias some of it comes from boogaloo boys and honestly i haven't even seen strong enough movements from far left groups to actually achieve this or even move towards that direction um but uh yeah i just i i don't know i had to take a pause there because there's just like a bit of missing context that when you say well that's funny because there were so many cities burning in the name of protests 
and and riots in in the name of Black Lives Matter. And it's like that's that's not the through line. Like that's not like those things did happen. But you're also ignoring the fact that like anytime uh, BLM would protest, that cops would respond with tear gas and rubber bullets. Um, so it's just it's the 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 uh, like her simplifying the situation of last year comes to the detriment of actual political movements that could benefit the uh working class and the 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 most average citizen rather than uh i don't i don't know what she's really going for here other than like can you see how bad left-wing movements were last year and democrats did nothing and democrats are part of the machine that's been gobbling up people it's i don't know it's 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 just not like it's not great commentary uh, on the speech itself. Because every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war, and we must reject a culture in which facts themselves are manipulated and even manufactured, which is really ironic coming from someone on the left. Um, I don't really know how left Joe Biden really is, but he claims Joe Biden center right seems to be on the left, um, and he he panders to the likes of BLM. I mean, the thing is, is like in America, the Democrats are painted as leftists, even though no, they are not. There is absolutely no leftist party here in this country. Even like for me, Democratic Socialists are moderates because they're not like anything that you move further to the left, like past a liberal, like all of that wants to see a complete reconstruction of the way we do things. Democratic socialists don't want to do that. They want to reform the system. They see the, the the foundations and the bones of a good system, but the the people in positions of power and the priorities are what's fucked up for democratic socialists. And so if they think they get the right people in the positions of power and reform the priorities of those institutions, they can get working class people what they need. But if you actually move left, they're like, no, we need to tear down these institutions, build up new ones and start again and it begins with the democratization of the workplace, which is like a massive overhaul of our economy. So uh, Joe Biden, not left. He's he's definitely right of center, as is Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Think of any establishment so-called moderate, and they're, they're probably more right of center, while the Republican Party has moved pretty far right with their fervent nationalism. And the, the whole denial of a lot of information stems from the American exceptionalism. They extend their exceptionalism to their representatives that allows them to stretch the truth a bit and get their political agendas across. So um, again, just oversimplifying here, like there's, there's a very like myopic and surface level view of how things are going and uh i'm not mad at her for it because like there's so much fucking going on it's just like the the understanding of politics in america is very short-sighted here especially especially if you think joe biden sits left on the spectrum because like looking at like european countries joe biden is right of center like they actually have leftist parties out in Europe, especially like Spain. Spain's been rocking it. And South American countries even have farther left parties than we do. So LM and he was pandering until uh, to Antifa and using them basically as useful idiots. And that's not so much the case anymore. He also I don't even know where that's coming from. Like like just because the Democrats said protests are necessary 
because they agree that, uh, you know, police need further reform, even though the protests themselves were not about reforming the police, but like seriously restructuring the police. Um, yeah, like he, that wasn't a co-signment to any of the vandalism or political violence that went on. And since Joe Biden has taken office and is head uh, or is, you know, his administration is in charge now of the Department of Homeland Security, nothing has changed in Portland. Portland has still been organizing and protesting and absolutely nothing different than what Trump was doing has been happening. There were the federal troops there just the other night doing targeted arrests, just like Trump did after January or July 4th. So like, honestly, come on. Has flat out rejected all of BLM's calls for meetings. And I don't even think Obama met with any BLM uh, uh, organizers. I, I, I know for sure Trump didn't, and I doubt any establishment like re uh, representative is going to because they say like clearly on their website that they align with Marxist ideology. And if you co-sign that in America, you're going to get labeled Marxist until the day you die. Policy changes and things like that. So he uh, <laughs> was definitely using some of the people on the far left to make Trump look bad and using them to his advantage. And now he's kind of just thrown them out. But I mean, everything. I mean, I can't agree with that a bit that like Biden used uh, Trump's optics like out in Portland and how all of the protests went about, used that against him. But that's mainly because Trump was in that position of power and could have done much more to try and alleviate the tensions. But so far, we're not seeing Joe Biden do that either. Um, and that just goes to show that the establishment is the establishment. Thing that has gone on for the last four years, the Russia, 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 the constant. All right. If you don't think that there was actual substance pulled up from the uh, Mueller investigations, I have literally nothing to talk to you about. The fact that we still don't have an unredacted, unedited by William Barr version of that still tells me that there is more to uncover in there. Everybody that was close to Trump got charged and most of them had to receive pardons disparaging of Trump supporters as only being white supremacists and racists. Don Lemon on that. That has been kind of like an optics failure of like uh, liberal mainstream media is to like say that everybody who supports Trump is a white supremacist rather than just saying that they bump shoulders with white supremacists. You support the president who also is supported by white supremacists, because I don't think everybody that uh, supports Trump is a white supremacist. They merely just ignore it because Trump does good on taxes and attacks China like they like the nationalism that comes out of it, not necessarily the 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 racist bigotry that also comes out of it. But they're also willing to ignore it in order to uh, pursue Trump's political agenda. So like it. I don't know. There's not much difference between being a white supremacist and a white supremacist apologist. But I feel like making that distinction would have at least opened the avenue for a lot of people to maybe think about what they're doing and if they should be supporting a president who's, who is also supported by white supremacists and right wing militias. But simply just saying that they're all white supremacists closes that door. And it even makes the people who are Trump supporters more stubborn and more likely to support Trump. So... On, uh, I believe he's on CNN, equated every Trump voter to the KKK. Um, and yet they say, well, we need to reject a, a culture in which facts are manipulated and manufactured. 
I don't know what can really be more manipulated and manufactured by turning 74 million voters into supposed racists and Nazis. By and that's where I'm going to end this video segment because we're going to get into Michael Knowles. But see how that see how that ended up happening right there. She brought it up. And that's how exactly you get people reinforced into their ideas is when you paint them as not what they exactly are. They're they're white supremacist apologists or at least ignorant of the white supremacy uh, elements in the Trump administration. But a lot of them might not actually have those implicit biases. Some of them might and just kind of play this like game of denial. But like in all honesty, lump something, everybody who supports Trump with white supremacists is more likely to get them to vote for Trump just to spit in the eye of the mainstream media who does not actually understand them. And she played that perfectly. So awesome. That's 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 awesome. Good for you. Liberty doll. Uh, release more videos and maybe I'll cover some more. But for now, we got Michael Knowles articles of impeachment filed already for President Biden. And I can't remember the lady who did it, but she's a QAnon conspiracy theorist, and um, she's not really in the uh, realm of reality. She's merely just kind of throwing this out there, and Michael Knowles is going to build the case as to why it's a good idea. So let me get the right view here on the YouTube channel, Talks News YouTube. Check it out. Fuck. I, I suck at promoting. I'm the worst promoter in the world. But, uh, Michael, please, um, take us on this deep and thoughtful political commentary journey. Now that Biden is showing his radicalism, we are seeing pushback already with one uh, congressman, Representative Mar. It, it would be great if he could say what that radicalism is. Because so far through all of Biden's EO's executive orders, I haven't seen anything too radical. I don't know what he's talking about. But again, like this is like this is the whole thing. Like, I wish we had Bernie, because at least when they call him a socialist, they'd be closer to the mark. Marjorie Taylor Greene filing articles of impeachment against Joe Biden already. He, what he's two days into his presidency now. She's already filed articles of impeachment. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Here is her reasoning. Just filed articles of impeachment on President Joe Biden. We'll see how this goes. Now, I say that's her reasoning because that's basically all impeachment is going to mean from now on. <laughs> I don't think anybody has, like, I don't think anybody else has co-signed this articles of impeachment. Um, but it's great that um, Michael Knowles gives her reason out like in a very short context video in like so many ways that the right wing media does, which is like taking things out of context and they'll even do it if it's part of like their, uh, like even if, the, if it's their party or their party members. And I don't know this whole thing without like actually bringing up her reasons with the Hunter Biden thing, then he can form the narrative as to why this makes sense without it. Right. Because there's really nothing in the Hunter Biden debacle i don't i don't know what else to call it um let's see here there's not really even there we go i don't think that there's actually any co-assignments with uh marjorie taylor let's see um yep she's a QAnon conspiracy theorist she has a long history of racist and anti-semitic beliefs 
She also claims that the school shooting in Parkland, Florida was a hoax. I feel like that's good context to give before giving her, like, her reason is just throwing it in. That's that's awesome. Um, I don't think anybody co-signed it. I think she actually put it out alone, which makes us even dumber. Because usually you have, like, other uh, representatives co-sign your impeachment to at least have a basis of support. She just did it by herself. That's dumb. That's dumb. And so Michael Knowles says that it's like good enough to put it forward because that's what we did with Trump, which means that he actually just ignored like all of the, I don't know, actual implications of Trump's actions for his impeachment. Both of them. I, I think the legal argument has something to do with the massive evidence of his corruption in China, which was suppressed by the big tech companies before the election, the Hunter Biden scandal. Oh, okay, so he did reference it. And so that means that every other news website that has been covering the Hunter Biden quote-unquote scandal or quote-unquote corruption has done most of the work for Michael Knowles so that all he has to do is reference it. You know what he's talking about. We can continue the conversation. But um, again, multiple intelligence agencies said that there is nothing in these in this allegation nothing nothing and i would love for uh biden to to have some corruption charge and actually face accountability for that just as much as i would for trump just as much as i would for obama just as much as i would for bush cheney just as much as i would for bill clinton hillary clinton i would love for people in positions of power to be held accountable but it has to stand on the ground of actual evidence of wrongdoings trump has that trump has that that was completely shut down. You couldn't even message the article because they wanted to throw the election for, for Joe Biden. And then only after it didn't matter anymore did they finally reopen that. There was a, a study that came out from the Media Research Center that uh, I think it was something like 14% of Biden voters could have changed their vote had they known about that scandal. So that's, I guess, ostensibly the legal basis, but that's not really. At the, the, if they had known what about that scandal, though? If what if they had known that it was brought up by the right wing media, but multiple intelligence agencies found nothing in it, would they have still considered to change their vote? Or did they merely ask, hey, did you know that Hunter Biden had a hedge fund company where he uh, invested Chinese money and made something million dollars and Joe Biden was vice president at the time? Don't you think that you might want to reconsider your vote at that point? And it's like you're giving almost all of it out of context and exagger exaggerated truths. So like you're not informing somebody on their vote. You're merely actually, you're giving misinformation to change their vote. The basis for impeachment is purely political in this case, which is you're going to impeach my guy multiple times. Well, I'm going to impeach your guy. And that's probably. So that's the president. That's the precedent. That, that that Michael knows is all for. But the thing is, though, is that they ignore the evidence around Trump or they play it off as it's like no big deal or like this has happened before. And it's just like whatever you do, they're going to ignore whatever like allegation that you put up against Trump and they're going to cult leader suck his dick. And this is like the culmination of it by them completely ignoring all of the actual corruption of Trump and his his cronies. They're they're able to just shift the title in no nomenclature of corruption to anybody they want just because they did it to Trump. Like that's, that's an asinine and illogical low bar IQ level of argument. 
probably the way politics is going to start working. Uh, probably they're, I mean, they're still impeaching the past, the previous president. So there will, there will be a Senate impeachment trial for Donald Trump who cannot be impeached because he's no longer in office. But the thing is though, is that it was passed in the house before Trump had left office. And the thing about this impeachment trial is to ensure that Donald Trump cannot hold an official office or authoritative position ever again. So that's what's happening. That's what's happening. He was in office and they're trying to revoke his ability to run for office yet again. And I know that there are some people who think this is an open constitutional question. It's constitutionally absurd that the president can be convicted, impeached and convicted after he has left office. It cannot happen. It actually doesn't say anywhere in the Congress or in, in the Constitution like that they have to be holding office uh, in order to do it. So, And if it does happen, it's a, it's a constitutional absurdity and outrage. So now the Republicans are going to file impeachment against Biden. Find- Why did I put my little pocket constitution? Oh, there it is. My little pocket constitution. There's not really any stipulation to like how long after they leave office that the Senate trial can continue. There's, there's none of that. They're really just trying to remove uh, the idea of the President Trump. Um, I think if he would be impeached, he wouldn't even be considered a former president. I, I'm not 100% sure. It's not really clear in the Constitution, but there is no uh, time limit for when you can remove a president. So um, this is a, a bit, this, this is in itself setting a bit of precedent. Um, that we're going to have to deal with probably in the future. But. And by me, totally fine by me. Why? Is it because I think impeachment should be used this way? No, I don't think impeachment should be used this way. I think there's a wrong way to use impeachment. But impeachment is used this way. And I don't think that we're going to restore a more dignified kind of politics by unilaterally disarming. I think that's what we've done for a very long time. And it, and it didn't work out very well. We kind of tried this already. You know, Barack Obama committed impeachable offenses, n- notably in his IRS scandal. Uh, notably, Fast and Furious would be another example, but the IRS was r- really bad. DOJ, he uh, spied on the, his political rivals and tried to undermine their campaigns. If we're allowed to now impeach and convict presidents. He didn't uh, spy, his politi- spy on his political rivals, and you will know that simply because Obama was not running for president. Oh, but he's a Democrat in the Democratic Party. Mean that's utterly meaningless. The the thing is is that Trump had already shown signs of working with foreign governments in order to undermine our elections. That takes precedent over party, and it was Trump's or Obama's uh duty to actually initiate an investigation by the FBI in order to ensure that Trump wasn't already corrupted. Um, and if you if you honestly disagree with that, even after Trump won the election, then like and you, you, you buy into the narrative that it was spying on him in order to uh, uh, help Hillary Clinton. Like that's just it's it's so ridiculous, especially with like how much effort from the establishment went in to cover up that. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's you can't impeach uh, Obama by going through official channels in order to. uh uh, ensure the integrity of a candidate for presidency. Um, and there's not anything about it in there. 
either. Like, I think Nixon had done the same thing, but Nixon uh, also was charged with, like, you know, the breaking and entering of the Watergate. And then also having, like, a bunch of people lie for him in order to do that. Um, I don't think he could have used the FBI to do that because it would have been even more blatant. And then on top of it, yeah, obstruction of justice was one of the bigger cases against Nixon. So... Um, yeah, Obama did it right out in the open because it was through official channels. Yeah, I don't know what the IRS scandal he's talking about with Obama. Let's see. Uh, I guess it was the IRS targeting controversy. 2013, the United States Internal Revenue Service revealed that it had selected political groups applying for tax-exempt status for intensive scrutiny based on their names or political themes. This led to wide condemnation of the agency and triggered a federal investigations, including a FBI criminal probe ordered by United States Attorney General Eric Holder. How can this be Obama's fault? Initial reports describe the selections as nearly exclusively of conservative groups with terms such as Tea Party in their names, according to Republican lawmakers, liberal-leaning groups, and the Occupy movement had also triggered additional scrutiny. So, I mean, it wasn't even just right-wing people. It was mostly just, like, active people that weren't necessarily establishment or status quo. But at a lower rate than conservative groups, uh, the Republican majority on the House Oversight Committee issued a report which concluded that although some liberal groups were selected for additional review, the scrutiny that these groups received did not amount to targeting when compared to the greater scrutiny received by conservative groups. The report was criticized by the committee's Democratic minority, which said that the report ignored evidence that the IRS used keywords to identify both liberal and conservative groups. In January 2014, James Comey, who at the time was the FBI director, told Fox News that its investigation had found no evidence so far warranting the filing of federal criminal charges in connection with the controversy as it had not found any evidence of enemy hunting and that the investigation continued. On October 23, 2015, the Justice Department declared that no criminal charges would be filed on September 8th, 2017, the Trump Justice Department declined to reopen the criminal investigation into Lois Lerner, a central figure in the con uh, controversy. In late September 2017, an exhaustive report by the De uh, Treasury Department's Inspector General found that from 2004 to 2013, the IRS used both conservative and liberal keywords to choose targets for further scrutiny. Again, where is the impeachable offense for Ob o Obama on this? Where? Bitch, where? In October 2017, the Trump administration agreed to settle a lawsuit filed on behalf of more than 400 conservative nonprofit groups who claimed that they had been discriminated against by the Internal Revenue Service for an undisclosed amount of described by plaintiffs' counsel as very substantial. The Trump administration also agreed to settle a second lawsuit brought by 41 conservative organizations with an apology and admission from the IRS that subjecting them to heightened scrutiny and it inordinate delays was wrongful i don't see exactly what obama had to do with this he's not really the head of the irs um yeah, see, uh, four days after the Justice Department closed its investigation, 19 members of the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, led by the committee's chairman, Jason Chaffetz, a Republican from Utah, filed a resolution to impeach IRS Commissioner John Koskinen. 
those sponsoring the impeachment resolution to remove Koss, Koskinen from office accused him of failing to prevent the destruction of evidence and allowing the erasure of backup tapes containing thousands of emails written by Lois Lerner and of making false statements under oath to Congress. In a statement released by the committee, Chaffetz said Kos, ah, geez, Koskinen uh, failed to comply with a congressionally issued subpoena. Documents were destroyed on his watch and the public was consistently misled. Impeachment is an appropriate tool to restore public confidence in the IRS and to protect the institutional interests of Congress. Um, Representative Cummings said in a statement, this ridiculous resolution will demonstrate nothing but the Republican obsession with diving into investigative rabbit holes that waste tens of millions of taxpayer dollars while having absolutely no positive impact on a single American. Calling this resolution a stunt or a joke would be insulting to stunts and jokes. <laughs> oh, man. So apparently even like uh, Democrats at the time had accused the Republicans of kicking up storm, which like they do all the fucking time. But yeah, it appears that like none of this had anything to do with uh, Obama. So like just bringing this up vaguely, of course, is just it's it's so useless and it does nothing for any of this discussion. Um, but if he could come up with something a little bit more concrete, that would be great. Um, but it seems that most of this uh, d doesn't even really have to do with Obama. Um, he further said that the th this threw doubt on Um, Comedy Central's John Stewart stated that the controversy had taken, quote, the last arrow in your pro-governance quiver, unquote. He further said that this threw doubt on President Obama's managerial competence and had proven correct, quote, conspiracy theorists, unquote, moving the burden of proof onto federal authorities. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really see the through line here from Obama to the IRS yet. I'm really trying to to find something here to continue this conversation here, but I guess it's the Obama administration. But uh, they never found any proof that Obama had anything to do with it specifically, and Obama's FBI also found that there was no wrongdoing. It's an awfully strange concern considering the way Lerner and others within the IRS and throughout the Obama administration insisted for months there was nothing to the charges being made and that everyone should just move along onto their business. Uh, yeah, it seems like it was mostly Lois Lerner had, who had most of the, uh, the buck stops at her, but it, I guess there is a bit of a question here by some of these news outlets of how much the Obama administration attempted to cover it up. But, uh, again, like it doesn't seem like it was any actions necessarily, uh, called upon by Obama. It's after they've left office. Let's do that. Let's impeach Obama. But we tried, okay? But again, the thing is, is that they voted on the articles of impeachment while Trump was in office. And so putting articles forward of impeachment with someone who is not in office, that actually, yeah, that I don't think that's part of the Constitution. I don't think so.
I don't, I don't want to hear, this is what we're going to hear. They're going to say Republicans started all of this because in the nineties, they impeached Bill Clinton over some eccentric activities in the Oval Office, a private matter. Well, that's not true. He was impeached for perjury, but even putting that aside, okay, let's say, let's say the Clinton impeachment was ill-advised. Let's say it was political even. Okay. And you know, I did cover that, that it wasn't that he didn't, him just getting head in the Oval Office wasn't why he got, uh, impeached it was because he lied to the american people he lied to congress and he had several others lie for him as well um so and i went to vox just to see here do 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 uh is it constitutional to hold an impeachment trial for a former president uh no one knows whether the constitution permits the senate to hold an impeachment trial for former president donald trump now that he no longer holds office to be sure there is a bevy of legal scholarship discussing this question and as a recent report by the nonpartisan congressional research service notes most scholars who have closely examined the question have concluded that congress has authority to extend the impeachment process to officials who are no longer in office so that i guess that could mean uh obama if they wanted to block obama from holding any office again but while the Constitution mentions impeachment six times, the text of the document provides little clarity on whether the Senate's power to try and impeach uh, official terminates when that official leaves office. Yeah, there is no spe specificity there. Um, the question of whether Trump can still be convicted by the Senate matters because the Constitution permits an impeached official to be permanently disqualified from holding office. Yep. So if Trump can face an impeachment trial, the Senate could potentially forbid him from running for president again in 2024 in, in, or in any subsequent election. And really all that's going to do is just like further divide the like the voters themselves because Fox News is going to use this as that like, oh, this is a witch hunt, just like they did with every other impeachment trial and hoax and stuff like that. They're going to be like, oh, this is a this is a hoax to try and keep the, the, the most populous president out of office. And it's such an attack on your freedoms and liberties. Yeah, so. Or partisan rather, rather than having a legal basis. Fine. We did not impeach Barack Obama when we could have. John Boehner and Mitch McConnell refused to do it. Did that buy us goodwill? Did that restore us to a dignified kind of politics? No. They impeached Trump. They actually did exactly what Marjorie Taylor Greene did. Everyone remembers, well, the current impeachment, and they remember the, the impeachment a year ago. People forget the articles of impeachment filed in 2017. Representative Al Green. Interestingly, it was another Representative Green who first proposed impeaching Trump in 2017. The thing is, though, is that when Al Green did that, he had like four or five co-signers. So he at least had some support. Right at the beginning of his presidency. Why? Well, Green's argument was if we don't impeach Trump, he might get reelected. That's the argument no. for impeaching him now. They're saying no. if we don't impeach Trump and convict no. Nope, that wasn't what it was at the time. They already had seen that he wasn't fit to be president, and that's what they were arguing, that he wasn't fit to do the duties, not because he shouldn't be elected and that he's such a danger to the establishment status quo. Like, no, no, no. And see, that's, again, I just said five seconds ago, that is exactly how this is going to get spun, is that we're going after Trump because he's such a man of the working class. He's so against the status quo. He's so anti-establishment. He drained the fuck out of that swamp. No, no, none of it's true. None of it's true. It's literally just building this like version of Trump that isn't real. 
but it's uh, it, it's enough to create idol worship against like or for his his supporters and then his more fervent cult followers so uh yeah yeah no victim in the senate he might run for office again and get reelected does that sound like people who think that they have the majority of americans on their side does that sound like people who think that democracy is going to triumph for them does that sound like people who believe their views are really, really popular? I don't think so. I think it sounds like people who, who know that the only way that they're going to win is through chicanery, through... Yep, yep, see? It's the, the narrative is being spun as we, sp as we speak. Um, if you remember correctly, Trump was investigated because there was questions of whether or not he uh, collaborated with foreign powers in order to find dirt on his political opponent. Not once, but twice. Once with Russia, a second time with Ukraine. That's what that phone call was about. It was like, hey, I can give you this foreign aid if you're willing to open investigations into Hunter Biden and Joe Biden which is not part of any governmental agreement for that aid. So that was purely Trump's bribery coming out there. And then again, before he got um, impeached for the second time, he uh, uh, constantly talked about how this election is going to be rigged, fought against mail-in voting, and then after he lost the election, tried to get millions of votes disqualified and thrown out. That's anti-democratic, that whole process right there. And then he got impeached because he incited a fucking riot at the Capitol because he didn't like the, the, the results of the election. So again, saying that not letting Trump isn't anti-democratic, allowing Trump to hold office again is anti-democratic. Right. But that's, that's Michael Knowles' enlightened perspective coming to us. And so none of this, nothing is going to come out of the impeachment uh, against Joe Biden, it's honestly just going to fade into the darkness of uh, out of sight, out of mind. We're not even going to fucking pay attention to it in a week or two. But uh, that's why we have to talk about Ben Shapiro. And now that Joe Biden is president, what are we going to do? There is truth and there are lies. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. Growing inequity a sting of systemic racism, a climate in crisis. We must end this uncivil war. It was mainly kind of pablum. But here's the thing. When people use deliberately vague terminology, like unity, without defining what they mean by unity, when they use deliberately vague, language like truth versus lies, but they don't define what they mean by truth and what they mean by lies. And, and when they say that they're a bunch of Christ. God damn it, Ben, we're like 39 seconds into this. If you don't understand simply truth and lies, these are very understandable concepts. Like, and he is supposedly the cool kids philosopher who doesn't understand what somebody means when they say truth and lies. And honestly, if you don't get what unity means either, which means working together, cooperation, like you just look at the definition of the word, you can know what Joe Biden meant. Crises that are Holy racking shit. the nation and they misdefine the crises. This is the predicate for something that does not look like it's going to solve crisis something that does not look like truth, and something that does not look like unity. So this has been Biden's shtick since the beginning of his candidacy, is that he was going to be a unifying figure in American public life. He's a weird guy to do it, right? I mean, just to begin with. He's a very partisan Democrat. He was a very partisan Democrat when he was in the United States Senate. He was a very partisan Democrat when he was Barack Obama's vice president. He famously stated in 2012 that Mitt Romney was going to put black people back in chains. But 
put that to the side, he was going to be a unifying figure. And frankly, sounds nice. Right? I mean, we've been very polarized. People have been at each other's throats, culminating in a really ugly scene on January 6th at the Capitol riot. But the question is, what does he mean by unity? So here is Joe Biden talking about unity. And his suggestion is that in order for there to be peace, there must be unity. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury, no progress, only exhausting outrage, no nation, only a state of chaos. And when Joe Biden says something like there has to be unity before there can be peace, you got to wonder what does he mean by unity? Does he mean that disagreement is going to be widely allowed? Or does he mean that if you disagree with me, I'm going to suggest that you are now disunifying and polarizing and wrecking the beautiful unity that would prevail in the absence of your stupid dissent? I'm not. All right. Well, he's he's missing a bit of like what, you know, unity would actually mean, which is like cooperation. Um, you know, you can disagree, but like on what levels you disagree with, does it hinder the progress of the country? Does it uh, hurt national security? Uh, does it, you know, affect the most vulnerable? There's plenty of things to focus on there that he's uh, deciding to to ignore. And um, yeah, I don't know, like disagreement doesn't mean like really mean like a, a fracture in, in, in the union. It just means that there's more kinks to work out. But of course, like Republicans are all about having their way or the highway. So judging Joe Biden this early on, I'm asking whether Joe Biden is going to side with the left, whether he's going to side with the Democratic base or whether he actually means what he says. And he presumes that he is going to uphold basic American principle and then dissent within that principle. OK, and that brings us to number two. Okay, again, a vague statement that can be interpreted a couple of ways. He talks a lot about truth versus lies. Recent weeks and months have taught us a painful lesson. There is truth and there are lies. Lies told for power and for profit. The problem, of course, is that, again, when it comes to our politics, there are a lot of folks on the left who don't agree with that. They just agree with what they agree with. To Folks on the left, it is a simple fact that America was rooted in racism, for example. To a lot of folks on the left, it is a simple fact that the police are systemically bigoted. To a lot of folks on the left, it is a simple fact that the gender pay gap is due to instinctive and, and ingrained American sexism. Right? All of these are considered facts. Now, everything I just said, each one of those statements is an opinion. It happens to be based on very scanty evidence. When Joe Biden says that we have to distinguish between facts and lies. Does he mean that in the very real sense in which two plus two equals four and two plus two equals five are not the same? Or does he mean things I disagree with will be considered as though they are lies and things I agree with will be considered as though they are fact? This is a very, very important question because during the Obama administration, it was very much the latter. Okay, which brings us to the third. I mean, the thing is, though, is that, uh, you know, he's really simplified all of those issues. And of course, he doesn't he's he said that the, the left thinks all of these things are facts when really you need to have a discussion with somebody who's really politically active and well versed in these issues to have like an informed opinion. But um, like him then skirting away from like the leftists think these are facts and then him going, these are matters of opinions. Boom right there that draws that line that divisive line right there in between that they're actually living in what they think is a factually based world but it's full of scant evidence which he continues to ignore regardless so like again like the unity isn't necessarily um and he's even brought it up that like we need to agree on base common values but like his base common values are judeo-christian traditionalist social conservative so like 
you can't agree with a base value of your own personal beliefs. Like your personal beliefs aren't everybody's personal beliefs. So those that that baseline value has to move away from your Judeo-Christian social conservative beliefs. It has to at least move a little bit to meet in the middle of people who are a bit more progressive in a in in culture that is constantly changing. Theme of Biden's inaugural address, and that was the crises that America faces. A cry for racial justice some 400 years in the making moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. Okay, that is a political statement. It is not an objective statement of fact. There is no crisis of race relations in the United States other than the opinions that people hold about race relations. And the solutions that he's going to propose for that, as we'll talk about in a second. So then, yeah, he's, he's Ben Shapiro is just merely ignoring like the actual issues that the minority population faces in this country, which is like poverty and police brutality being two major ones. So like uh, and like Ben Shapiro, when he hears those things, it's not necessarily a fault of the system to like four two hundred to four hundred years of plight on the African-American community that has less to do with it than your personal choices. Um, and that's that's part of Ben's uh, shtick as well. So that's cool. Are going to verge on the racially discriminatory themselves. And then finally, he talked about climate change as an existential crisis for the United States. The solutions that he has pr proposed to climate change are utterly ineffectual. He has yet to prove that it is a crisis on the level of the immediate. And if he is talking about the crisis that if Joe Biden has to prove it to you, then you obviously ignore the science. And I mean, like Ben Shapiro said, if sea levels are rising and that worries you, then move. And that guy had like the perfect response to that. Move where, Ben? Like you're going to sell your house that's being drowned uh, by rising sea levels to to who? Like, come on. He's still like doing this climate denial, like the, the science the evidence is there. Not You don't need the president who acts on that science and evidence to prove to you. You need to use your objective eyeballs. ...is supposed to occur over the course of the next hundred years. He has not proposed any solutions that are directed towards solving. Two, two years ago, scientists came out and said, we have 12 years to mitigate the worst aspects of climate change. All right? So we're, we're down to 10. And the thing is, is that needle can move as we do less... So, um, yeah, Ben Shapiro obviously ignoring facts because he feels that Joe Biden isn't doing enough. That crisis. Those are the themes of his speech. Unity, which is, again, an empty vessel. It's got to be filled in. Facts versus lies. Empty vessel has to be filled in. And crises, two of the four that he mentions, are controversial to say the least. Which brings us to the second issue here. So for a guy who is unifying, you would assume that he would find some consensus policies and then he would build around those consensus policies. There are certain areas of American life where there happens to be fairly wide bipartisan support. Biden, with his initial executive orders, is jumping precisely into the areas where there is not significant American bipartisan support. So to take a perfect example, he has decided that he is throwing out the 1776 Commission. This was a commission begun by President Trump. It was meant to rebut the 1619 Project, which is a fictionalized piece of propaganda put out by Nicole Hannah-Jones and the New York Times. The basic idea of which is that America is rooted in and steeped in racism and bigotry. So Trump put together a commission. Yeah, we had like over 200 years as of the founding of this country, 200 years of slavery. And then we had like another 100 years closely of Jim Crow laws. Um, and then eventually black people were allowed to vote. 
But again, like y- y- they still face implicit biases through people who hold positions of power. And so what the 1776 project tried to do, or 1776 report tried to do, was obfuscate the origins of uh, racism in this country. So, um, and it, it's it's on the level of lost cause revisionism, like imagining the, the Confederacy as these heroes and bastions of American... Um, I don't, yeah, just the bastions of American ideology. So, like, yeah, no, no, Ben, no. And that's that's part of the problem, is that you, you disagree with the history of this country, and so you can't agree on baseline policy values that can help move us forward away from it. That was supposed to re-inculcate American values and rebut a lot of those ideas. Biden's killing that one immediately. He has suggested that he's going to simply stop enforcing immigration laws in certain ways, the same way that Barack Obama did, so as to make it a lot easier... <laughs> Obama deported more uh, immigrants than uh, Bush did. And uh, he also kind of started with a lot of the conditions that we saw at the border. Uh, but child separation wasn't quite on the level that it was since the Trump administration. And I actually haven't seen too much uh, from the executive orders on Biden of like what he's actually going to do to really change the uh policies and protocols at the border. So I don't know what Ben's talking about. To illegally immigrate to the United States. He has suggested he's going to jump right back into the Paris Climate Accords. The Paris Climate Accords are maybe the most useless piece of paper ever written upon. They basically suggest that a bunch of nations are going to commit to targets that they have no proposals for actually hitting. But the goal is to shame everybody who is not a member of the Paris Climate Accords. He's appointing. It's the same thing as having a human rights council. Now, I, I would I would argue the fact that the human rights council is pretty ineffective but the thing is though is that you have to have major powers agree on baseline common values ben in order to get things done especially with something that's a global crisis like that's why we shouldn't have left the world health organization is because we needed to work with every country in order to control this pandemic so again like he's not agreeing to baseline common values with the rest of the planet people who are unqualified for their positions solely on the basis of their identity groups. He has a new assistant secretary of health and human services who is transgender. That is the only headline that is positive about this person. This person also happens to have been the secretary of health and human services in the state of Pennsylvania who shipped COVID positive old people back into nursing homes. So on the con side would be killed a bunch of olds. Yeah, they, they did do that. A lot of, uh, a lot of nation, uh, not nations, but a lot of states ended up doing that. And I don't necessarily agree with, uh, that move whatsoever. Um, so I just, you know, nobody agrees with moving COVID patients into nursing homes, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I would have to do a little bit more research into that specific event, but I'm at this point, just because I don't have enough information on it, I'm going to have to take Ben Shapiro's word on it. And that really tastes bad. It tastes bad that I did that. <sighs> In Pennsylvania via COVID and on the pros would be is a man who believes that he is a woman. We have heard from Janet Yellen and people 
in the economic side of the Biden administration that they wish to immediately rethink American policy on the basis. Uh, uh, so that's of what he was probably talking about with the immigration thing was that uh, Biden had reversed the Trump administration's restrictions on U.S. entry for passport holders from seven Muslim majority countries. But again, uh, not being specific just makes like conservatives think that there's this like invasion of immigrants coming in and that scares the bejeebus out of them of quote-unquote racial equity, which is to suggest discrimination, right? Because the idea here is not that we are going to try to create a functioning economy that works and that generates prosperity. The idea is going to be that if there's inequality between racial groups, that can be rectified by redistributionism between racial groups via economic policy. Right? We've heard that Joe Biden wants to put back in place the entire team that negotiated the Iran nuclear deal, a deal that was- Can you imagine like how much Ben would lose his mind if Biden actually said we're going to support restitution or reparations for the black community? Do you can you imagine how much Ben Shapiro would lose his mind? So by doing like bare minimum economic incentives to like move the pendulum into benefiting minorities, Ben Shapiro already doesn't dig it. But like if we actually committed to like full on reparations, he would lose his fucking mind. In fact, so damaging to a lot of our allies in the Middle East that it ended up almost solving the Israeli-Arab dispute because so many people hated the Iran nuclear deal. And his allies in Congress are encouraging him that if he can't get congressional support for this sort of stuff, as James Clyburn suggested, he should just go ahead and do it from the top. If they're going to be recalcitrant, if they're going to throw up roadblocks, go on without them. Use your executive authority if they refuse to cooperate. Is that unity? Does that sound like truth versus lies? That brings us to. Um, I don't necessarily agree with like executive order overreach. I, I don't agree concentrating power into um, the executive office. I don't like the executive theory and thinking that Article 2 allows a president to do whatever they want. I've talked about this before, but um, Biden's executive orders are merely to tell the institutions within his government what he's aiming for, what his what he wants them to be focusing on, what he wants to get done. Um, so he can basically give them these orders or better yet directives to enact the policies that Biden wants to see. Um, that's essentially the power of executive orders, but it's not like he's he's not going to say Congress didn't pass this money, so I'm going to do it through an executive order because that's unconstitutional. So um, just because one guy advocated for something doesn't necessarily mean that Joe Biden sits there and watches CNN like Trump does Fox and Friends and then goes and follows what they say. To the final question here, which is, OK, what do we do about it as conservatives? What do we do about all of this stuff? Alrighty, so Joe Biden tends to put me to sleep. I mean, he tends to put himself to sleep, but if he puts you to sleep and you actually need to stay awake, oh, no. you need coffee and that- Midway through an advertisement. God damn, Ben. Just shilling right in the middle of a segment. Ugh, love it. I gotta skip through all of this. What a, what a shill. What can we do? Literally every major institution in American life is now run by people who are censorious, people who do not like your opinions, people who wish to ostracize you and extirpate you. It depends on what your opinions are. It really does. It really, really does. Don't just say that like as as a conservative, people are out to get you because that's we've already covered that as well on Tox News. Like it's a it's a hyperbole exaggeration in order to make the, the victimhood for conservatives a talking point. Um, so like, come on, Ben, you're better than that. No, you're not. 
you, in some cases, from American public life. Corporate America is dominated by people who are willing to go along with the woke and purge you if you disagree. The media. If it's to their, if, if, if it's to their, like, uh, uh, what, what, what is it called? Like, uh, financial benefit. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll do that. If it wasn't to their financial benefit, they wouldn't do it. And the thing that conservatives are having a really hard time coming to terms with is that they are the minority in this country. Um, not like, not as mine, minor as like the, the far right wing. Um, but like conservatism is like below Democrats. Democrats have more voters and support. And then the further left does help Democrats in certain aspects, especially with the squad, because the squad does through their democratic socialism, try to alleviate some of the, uh, worse outcomes of capitalism in America. Um, but, uh, yeah, are all in on the idea that their opposition ought to be wiped off the earth. These companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. Right, we are seeing this in social media as well directly, where the tech bros have decided that they are simply going to cave to the Democrats in the hope that they will be left alone, or they actually agree with Democrats that a lot of the language they don't like is now going to be considered dangerous and ought to be banned. Okay. So well, the Democrats do seem to be like a little bit more protective on uh, Section 230, which Trump and a lot of Republicans are against because it doesn't allow them to spread misinformation. Um, so there's that. I don't really think it's like the the big tech bros siding with the Democrats to get both of their agendas done. Um, like if you research has showed that like YouTube facebook and twitter all kind of have like a conservative bias and tend to actually silence more leftist accounts but when it happens to the right it becomes a national conversation so so what do we do about it one make sure that you actually get out and work for republican congressional candidates in 2022 there is another election coming up the party out of power typically does very well in the off-year elections right now the democrats have the slimmest governing majority in the House of Representatives in several generations that can easily be flipped. And they, they need to use it. They need to use this time to really show that Republicans are not a viable option whatsoever. But it's Ben Shapiro's job to make sure that the Republicans do seem viable. So flipped easily be flipped. But that means the Republicans have to get out there and work. They don't just have to get out there and work for candidates. They have to pressure their legislatures and legislators at the state level to redo how voting is done so we don't have the fiasco that was universal mail-in balloting this time. Okay, it means better voter verification. It was only a fiasco because of the right wing and because they knew with mail-in voting that they were not going to win. It means voter ID. It is to suggest you need to vote on the day that the election is held. And you better have a good excuse for not doing it that way. And it better be you when you actually vote, right? That would help as well. You need to get Senator Joe Manchin on your speed dial. So Senator Joe Manchin is the sole force right now militating against the death of the filibuster in the United States Senate. If he starts to waver on that, I'm going to give you his phone number right now. If you're a West Virginian citizen particularly, death you need to sound to off to your senator. If he starts to waver on that principle, one iota. His number is 304-342-5855. You're going to have to hold his feet to the fire to stop him from violating fundamental norms and getting rid of the filibuster. Once the filibuster is gone, Democrats can, with a simple 50-plus Kamala Harris vote, add states like Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico, adding four Democratic senators. Imagine if, like, Republicans were able to get that majority again. I could see them doing the filibuster, like, eliminating the filibuster if, like, Kamala Harris or Joe Biden are still president, if they ended up getting a majority in both the House and the Senate. I could see them eliminating the filibuster so that, like, the minority Democrats can't get anything done.
They could move forward theoretically with packing the Supreme Court. They could move forward with completely rewriting broad swaths of American law. So Joe Manchin stands between the Republic in that sense and a sort of crack up that faces us if with a, the barest of bare majorities, Democrats start cramming down extraordinary top-down policy. States that are red should start protecting their citizens from the predations of national institutions. If the social media bros decide that they are simply going to violate the sort of free speech rights that you would have, were it's a public sector company, by cracking down on dissent in monopolistic fashion, right, coordinating, then all deciding that certain views are out of the debate and out of the domain. I mean, the actions happening over several of days isn't necessarily coordination. It's not necessarily coordination. I think everybody was just doing it around the same time because of the events that had happened, such as the election or January 6th. So, like, it was the culmination of events that led to corporations following through around the same time, all to save face and save their own asses. It wasn't for Democrats. It wasn't for Republicans. And it really, all it did was hurt the discourse in this country, really. But, um, yeah, they did it for their own sakes. Of, of normal public discourse, states are going to have to step in. You've started to see this in some states' proposals being put forth that any ISP that discriminates, any cable provider that discriminates on the basis of politics, any social media network that discriminates on the basis of politics will not be able to operate in a particular state. That restrictions will be placed on those companies. I'm not a fan of using this sort of interventionism with regard to these companies. But if but. the companies have basically centralized all the power to control your speech in the public forum, then I don't see a whole hell of a lot of protections outside of state governments, especially. But that's the marketplace. That's the invisible hand. They've gotten all of these view, like all of these users, to their website. So the monopoly isn't at fault of Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook. It's at the fault of the market. The market dictated that. So now Ben Shapiro's against it because it's not working in his favor. Especially if the federal government is forcing a lot of this. Conservatives are going to have to get very active in the legal arena. Democrats have for decades used the power of the judicial branch in order to get policy done that they couldn't get done at the legislative level. People on the right need to coordinate in terms of the lawsuits that they are filing in order to uphold their rights in the face of discrimination on the basis of religion or violation of freedom of religion, on the basis of free speech rights. And all these things are going to have to get litigated in court. And then finally, on an interpersonal level, we're going to have to talk with one another. We're going to have to stop hunkering down in the silos that we've built for ourselves. And we are going to actually have to start talking with one another, convincing one another, treating each other with respect. Weirdly enough, that's exactly what Joe Biden advocated for in his inaugural address. I hope that he takes it seriously. I certainly do. And I hope that we have those conversations. If we do, then I think that the next few years could actually be bright. I think that we could actually start moving beyond the partisan polarization that we have seen. I don't have a lot of faith that that's what's going to happen. But I think that if you engage with your neighbors and with your family, then that is the, the best possible outcome. And that will shift hearts and that will shift minds and will make people more conservative over the course of time. Final note. But that's also true for like anybody participating in activism, that face-to-face -face conversations tend to convince more people than Ben Shapiro does. Uh, ben Shapiro and his ilk are really there only to reinforce the already existing beliefs of conservatives and right wing members where face to face conversations with real people tend to convert more people into political parties and such and such like that. Um, me here, I guess what I do is merely to try and unweave the narrative that is spun so that we at least get clarity of what the right wing is focused on. So I'm not really here to convince anybody so much, but like when I have the opportunity to bring up better solutions or better answers, still going to do it. Um, so. 
There's one other thing you should do, and that is you should support alternative institutions to the institutions that exist and are discriminating against conservatives and intend to crack down on conservatives. If you don't like the establishment media and their sycophantic approach to the news, their activist approach to the news on the left, support places like Daily Wire. If you don't like what Hollywood is cramming down upon... As if Daily Wire wasn't sycophantic for the right wing. Okay. ...on you in terms of values. Don't support them. Take your money elsewhere. If you want to fight back against institutions that do not share your values, you're going to have to build your own. This is not my preferred state of affairs. And this is also like a good talking point for the, the left. The left, like, is, and I'm not talking Democrat, moderate, liberals. I'm talking about the real left in this country has to do a better uh, job at organizing uh, institutions so that we can hold positions of government uh, accountable through democracy and through the power of people. Um, so the the left has a lot of building to do here. But the thing about the right is that they actually do have the institutions on their side. They have plenty of power. The Republicans are not knocked out of power completely. So they still have like uh, incredible amounts of avenues to, to pursue their uh, actions. So um, but I, 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 I got to give credit to Ben for telling them, well, if you want things to change, to take direct act, direct action, which I agree for the left as well, that if the left wants to see significant changes, they have to organize. We have to have organizations that are out there for working class rights, human rights, civil rights, and all, all the issues that span across the environmental rights, the immigrant rights, all of the blah, 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 blah. Fairs. I would prefer that all of these people just butt out of politics entirely, and then we can have robust debates at the water cooler. But if American life continues to grow more and more political in each and every arena, there's only one choice, and that is to create alternatives. As every other- I, I hate when they use the word political in, in, in space of partisanship because that just kind of like muddies the definition of political because like we really shouldn't have this uh, negative view towards the word politics because politics is the word about our organizing. I think it's important that we look at the definition here because they're always exchanging it for partisan. The definition of political is relating to the government or the public affairs of a country. So when they say, I don't like things getting political, relating to the government or the public affairs of a country has almost everything to do with what Ben Shapiro does and does affect almost everybody's lives. Relating to the ideas or strategies of a particular party or group in politics, interested in or active in politics. So again, like replacing that word with partisanship, it, it, it toxifies it and it doesn't make people really that interested in politics. And that kind of hurts the democracy in the republic. Um, so I, I hate it when they use that word. It American should. I pray for the president of the United States to do the right thing. To do the right thing. I don't care who the president. And by the right thing, he means the right. The right. The right thing. President is. I want the president to do the right thing because he works for us. If he does the wrong thing, we need to counter it. If he does the right thing, we need to celebrate it. I hope to God that Joe Biden does many of the right things. Even though I fear he won't, I hope that he does. If not, we're gonna have to check him. If you agree, then we need to stand together to fight back against the predations of the new administration, against the predations of institutions that don't share your values, then please, number one, give us a like on the video, and two, share the video with your friends and family. Everybody on all sides should be able to have real unity
That unity should come in the shape of America's fundamental rights and fundamental values as embodied in the Declaration of Independence and Constitution. That's the side we should all be on. Anybody who is not on that side needs to be named, called out, and fought against. We need to stand strong, and we need to fight back against any predations on our rights. We can do that together. All right, Ben. All right. And yeah, I don't really have a problem with the words in the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. It's just the fact that at the time, it did not include people who lived in this country against their will. Um, so, you know, we have to acknowledge that and the uh, level of hundreds of years of oppression that was brought down upon them. And then also, too, we have to acknowledge like the early or the late 1800s and early 1900s of all of the labor disputes that went on b between the working class and the capitalist class that basically eventually a lot of the rights for the working class were given, such as the 40 hour work week, eight hour days, overtime pay benefits, all of those things eventually came out of all of the bloodshed from those uh, labor wars, essentially. And we have to acknowledge all of the uh, progress that we made from the faults of the creation of this country that did not include everybody. And Ben Shapiro, not willing to do that, he's always fighting on the side that this country has always been great. It may not have been perfect, he'll use vaguely, just to say, well, we did have slaves. But that doesn't mean that the people whose ancestors of slaves cannot succeed today, although it does make it a lot different. Like, uh, Some More News has the perfect video on this. I think it's the inner intellectual dark web episode where they kind of highlight exactly, like, through Mario Kart, they give an analogy of how, like, the the minority communities in this country have been set far behind the white people in this country so um like again ben shapiro it's hard to find a baseline common values when his is so far right and he wants you to compromise with that um so like it, it just kind of makes uh, like all of what joe biden said in his inaugural speech kind of part of a pipe dream even though ben shapiro saying that he's praying that joe biden will do the right thing as he puts it so um without ben shapiro giving leeway and acknowledgement to a culture that has changed is and is changing and then will further change he, he's just standing there he's 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 acting like a stone wall to any actual progress to this country especially if it's left if it's actually a socialist revolution that would that would take ben shapiro even further into the right probably in the idea that we need to have an authoritarian in order to smash the socialist revolution that's trying to hand the means of production and democratization to everybody so um but i agree with ben shapiro on one thing that now that biden is president uh people need to organize uh, they need to protest and they need to create their own institutions that um, can rally everyday Americans to hold the government accountable. I don't think it should be conservative values because conservative values have become traditionalist, socially conservative, uh, exclusive, and uh, like really fundamentalist. So I'm, I'm really hoping for like the, the left to realize that we have an opportunity here to build coalitions and uh, like organizations and opportunities to really fundamentally change this country from its right wing uh, uh, direction. Like it's it's just it is going right wing, even though we have now a so-called Democrat president. He wants to compromise with the Republican Party, which will 
more likely because they're closer to him move Biden farther right than it would actually further left. And the only way to actually move him further left is to have strong coalitions of working class people in order to do that because democratic socialists will do their best, but they still don't have enough, enough bargaining power or enough representation in the government to actually enact most of their policies, Medicaid for all green new deal and all of that juicy goodness so um we we have to create organizations here at the bottom level in order to push people hopefully into that democratic socialist aspect so that we can start at least alleviating the 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 most troublesome parts of capitalism especially late stage capitalism at this point and try to avert a lot of the austerity like policies that neoliberalism is going to put out and so got to move got to move further to the left and try to democratize the workplace but i again i don't even see that happening in my dream or in my lifetime i see it happening in my dreams almost every night but i don't see it happening in my lifetime um so really to move it in there and hopefully see it in the next generation's lifetime we have strong organizations in order to hold this <laughs> this government accountable um, and make sure that the most vulnerable and the working class at the bottom 50% of this country are really looked out for. Because obviously, millionaires and billionaires can look out for themselves. Um, so that's uh, going to be it for this episode of Tox News. Uh, shall be back later with more. Got to give them more, more, more. And yeah, that's... Uh, that's going to be it for today. So um, hit me up on the YouTube Talks News where you can watch this and see my bald head. Um, you can uh, rate, like, subscribe, all that promotive stuff. I'm, I'm so bad at it. Like, I cannot close this podcast. All I can really do is hope for the outro music to come in and I just fade into the ether. Thank you for joining me. I don't know how to end this ever. But we'll do it like that. <laughs>